0: In today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast, I'm going to be talking about a research paper called Speaking Up and Moving Up, How Voice Can Enhance Employees' Social Status, which was written by Mona Weiss and Elizabeth W. Morrison and was published in the Journal of Organisational Behaviour in 2019. I'll put a link to the paper in the show notes. So This paper is focused on the topic of employee voice, which means to constructively challenge the status quo by raising suggestions, concerns or opinions. Whilst the literature argues that employee voice is critical for organisational effectiveness, providing a mechanism for innovation, learning and error prevention or correction, the evidence suggests that employees often fail to speak up with valuable ideas or important concerns. A key reason for this failure to speak up is fear of negative social consequences, specifically the fear that supervisors and co-workers will respond negatively and therefore form a less favourable impression of the employee. The researchers in this paper argue that whilst employees may assume negative consequences of voice, very little research directly investigates the individual level effects of voice behaviour. Specifically, the researchers are interested in the effects of voice on evaluations of the employee's social status, meaning the amount of prestige, respect and esteem that one has in the eyes of others. The researchers also sought to test why employees who voice might be ascribed higher social status than employees who do not engage in voice behaviours they propose that in understanding the impact of voice on social status, it's useful to understand the concepts of agency and communion. Agency reflects personal attributes related to goal attainment, such as being capable, confident, and independent, whereas communion reflects attributes related to the establishment and maintenance of social relationships, such as being other-oriented, trustworthy, and helpful. The researchers argue that when a person engages in voice behavior, other people are likely to infer attributes that link to both agency and communion. For example, being able to assert oneself is suggesting that the person is confident and competent and being other oriented, helpful, and caring about the social group. Theory suggests that when an individual is seen as having high levels of agency and communion, they're granted higher prestige, respect, and esteem or status. So to examine the influence of employee voice on social status, the researchers conducted three separate studies. Study one was a two-wave survey study. In the first survey, participants were asked to identify a person in their work unit other than their supervisor with whom they regularly interact. Next, they were asked to think back over the last several weeks and to rate the extent to which that person had engaged in voice behaviour and they were asked to rate the person's overall performance. Two weeks later, participants were sent a second survey. They were asked in the second survey to think about the same person whom they rated in the first survey and to rate that person's social status, agency and communion. A total of 155 participants based in the US completed both surveys. The results indicated that, as predicted, there was a positive relationship between the ratings of an employee's voice and subsequent evaluations of his or her social status. And that this was mediated or explained by judgments of the employee's agency, so whether they are more capable, independent and confident, and communion, so whether they're more friendly, trustworthy and supportive. Therefore, when it was perceived that the employee engaged in high levels of voice behaviour, they were perceived as being higher in agency and communion and consequently higher in social status. In study two, the researchers conducted a scenario-based experiment with two conditions, one in which a direct report in the scenario voiced concerns about a new plan and one in which the direct report did not. A total of 368 participants completed the experiment online. Participants were asked to read a scenario and put themselves in the shoes of the manager described. There were 183 participants in the voice condition in which the employee voiced his or her concerns with the manager's plan. And the remaining 185 participants were in the no voice condition in which the employee did not raise any concerns. After reading the scenario, participants rated the employee's status uh, and a set of agency and communion-related attributes and the employee's performance. And the results confirm the findings of Study 1 in that employees who voice their concerns are more likely to be judged as having high status than those who do not. And the resor- results also supported the researchers' arguments that perceptions of the employee. Uh, being both agentic and communal were key mechanisms that explain this effect. Therefore, compared with employees who remain silent, those who speak up are seen as more capable and independent, and also as more helpful and trustworthy, which in turn causes them to be ascribed higher status by an observer. Finally, in study three, the researchers conducted a laboratory experiment in which three-person teams worked together on a decision-making task. The researchers randomly assigned participants to roles on the team and manipulated the voice behaviour of the team member with the lowest professional rank. The other two members of the team then rated his or her level of agency and communion and his or her social status. In this study, participants were 132 students who were randomly assigned to three-person teams, so 44 teams in all. 23 teams consisting of 69 participants were in the voice condition, and 21 teams consisting of 63 participants were in the no voice condition. Next, each person within a team was randomly assigned to one of three roles a senior marketing director, a project manager, or associate. It was in this context that the researchers manipulated voice by giving one team member, the associate, different information regarding how he or she should behave during the team interaction. Participants were told that they were members of a marketing team at a large pharmaceutical company. Their team task consisted of making two decisions concerning the launch of a new painkiller, deciding how to design the packaging of the drug and which marketing channels to use in order to achieve maximum reach for their advertising. They were told that their budget was constrained such that they could only choose two main marketing channels. In the voice condition, the associate received the instructions. Uh, Given the research you've done and the opinions you have, it's important that you speak up with your point of view and opinions based on the information provided. This will help your team to make the right decision. People in groups are sometimes uncomfortable expressing their views or disagreeing with others, but this often leads to poor decisions. So you should openly share your opinions with the team. Remember, speak up with your point of view. In the no voice condition, the additional instructions read, Despite the research you've done and the opinions you have about the packaging and marketing, you recognise that the senior marketing director and project manager are much more experienced than you. They are also much more senior. As the least experienced on the team, you're not comfortable disagreeing with the senior marketing director or project manager. So you should keep your opinions to yourself, even if the others ask for them and not share them with the team. After receiving and studying their role description, each team was guided to a conference room and they were instructed to act on the basis of their role description and to reach a team decision on the two marketing issues. The discussion time was limited to 10 minutes and the team interaction episode was videotaped. After 10 minutes, the experimenter returned to the room and instructed the team to write down its decision on the two issues. Next, participants were directed to cubicles to complete a questionnaire which asked the senior marketing director and the project manager to rate the associate's social status and to make judgments about his or her level of agency and communion. The results of study three are largely consistent with those of studies one and two as they show that voice had a positive effect on a team member's social status and that this effect was mediated by agency. However, unlike in studies 1 and 2, voice was not significantly related to perceptions of communion. The researchers suggest that they cannot know for certain why communal attributes were not significantly affected by voice behaviours in study 3, as was the case in studies 1 and 2, although they suggest that it is possible that the face-to-face group interaction made agency more important or didn't provide sufficient cues about communal qualities. In terms of practical implications, the researchers suggest that employees can use voice behaviour as a means towards not just helping their work unit or organisation, but also towards bolstering their social status. Higher status in turn will make it easier for them to be influential and effective and may enhance their personal well-being. These effects may also be of ben- benefit to the organisation. A core argument in the voice literature is that employee voice facilitates innovation, Error correction and organisational learning. The researchers suggest that their results indicate an additional reason why it might be good for organisations to encourage and support employee voice behaviour. It's a given in most organisations that there will be employees with low professional status, individuals in unskilled or semi skilled jobs and without much formal clout. Yet such individuals might still be able to elevate their standing in the informal social status hierarchy by voicing thereby mitigating some of the negative effects associated with lack of formal status and power, such as disengagement. In terms of implications for coaching, coaches may find that voice behaviour is an issue that comes up for their coaches in terms of coaches considering whether they should voice certain concerns or ideas, either to management or in meetings. This study provides clear evidence of some of the benefits of voice behaviours including the explanation as to why we can expect to see these benefits which coaches may find useful to share with their coaches as part of their coaches decision making process. So that concludes today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. Just to remind you, I discussed Speaking Up and Moving Up How Voice Can Enhance Employees Social Status, which was written by Mona Weiss and Elizabeth W. Morrison and was published in the Journal of Organisational Behaviour in 2019. As always, I'll include a link to the paper in the show notes. Before I go, I just want to mention that if you like the podcast, you may like a new book that I'm working on which is based on the idea of translating research into practice for coaches and leaders interested in a coaching style of leadership. The book will be out later this year and if you'd like to sign up to receive an email notification for when the book's available then please email me at the.coaching.academic at gmail.com that's the.coaching.academic at gmail.com Thanks for listening. I'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast. If you're interested in reading my research, sponsoring the show, or in hiring me as a researcher, coach or speaker, check out my website www.rebeccajjones.co.uk. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show, then please get in touch via my website. Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.